Welcome to the Abundant Life Podcast. This is Pastor Derry. Today we continue our series titled The Journey with message two titled, Who Will You Serve? This series is all about our growth in Christ and walking in the fullness of God's desires for us, but it all requires making a choice about who we're going to serve. Listen in, take notes, and I'll talk with you at the end of the podcast. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Listen, God is so good that today, um, the word that we have for you aligns with the worship that we just had. I'm going to add one passage, though, and I want you to open your Bibles to begin at Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14, and we're going to begin at verse 17, and I want you to look closely at what we're going to talk about. In the last few weeks, we've been talking about Uh, We did our series on Say Yes, and we began last week with this new series, and this new series uh, is titled uh, The Journey. And the journey is about the journey that your life is on with Christ. In other words, there was a point where you received Christ, and there was a starting point for that. There was a day that you, you actually received Christ, and that began your journey. And that journey, then, is an enhanced by your walk with God. And as you continue to walk with God, what happens is, is that journey on your walk, that journey continues to be expanded. And there are more things that are included in your walk and in your journey because you begin to understand that God does not just want your heart. (laughs) Amen. See, when I grow, they say, you need to give Jesus your heart. Give Jesus your heart. I can't give Jesus my heart because number one, I can't get it out. Number two, I can't find him. Amen? Because I had a literal thought about what I was being told. Give Jesus your heart. Then then I got to expand it. Okay, he wants my emotions. So I need to bring my emotions to God because my heart is my emotions. Okay, if I give you my heart, it means I give you my affection, my emotions. But then I realized that's not what God wants either. So eventually I had to understand that God wasn't trying to get stuff from me. God was actually trying to take me somewhere. Amen. Amen. Come on. Listen, God's not trying to get something from you. God's trying to take you somewhere. (laughs) And once you understand that, then you start realizing I'm trying to give God stuff, but God's not asking me to give him all my stuff. (laughs) God is trying to give me stuff to take me somewhere. And that's a whole different way of thinking about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because I know a whole lot of people are just trying to give God this and give God that. They're trying to give God things. They're trying to give, hand this over to God. I'm trying to give God my, uh, uh, my addiction. I'm trying to give God my, my, my broken heart. I'm trying to give God. Stop trying to give God a whole bunch of stuff. And start receiving what God has for you. So how am I going to stop doing this? Because we're still trying to figure out how we're going to give God something. I don't have anything to give. Right. <laughs> Amen. Say la on that one. Amen. The only thing that you can give God that God did not give you is worship. <laughs> anything else you're trying to give God, you're giving him his own stuff back. The only thing you have organically to give to God is your worship, which is your adoration of God and who he is. Being able to acknowledge him and say yes to him. Amen? 
Now, we talked about last week, we read Matthew. Matter of fact, just keep your finger there, and I'm going to, I'm going to read Matthew 6 and 33 to you. So keep your finger where you are, and I'm going to read this passage to you. Tell your neighbor, say, I'm glad God is good. And I receive all of God's goodness. Matthew 6 and 33 says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Verse 34 says, therefore, do not worry. (laughs) Tell your neighbor, say, I'm not worried. Amen. Tell your neighbor, say, I know you ain't lying either. Come on. (laughs) I'm not worried. Say it one more time. I'm not worried. Now, when worry comes, you need to put worry in its place. Because how many of you know worry comes? Some of y'all worried about this afternoon. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm l- not looking at anyone in particular. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Romans chapter 14, verse 17 says... For the kingdom of God is not food and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to point, I want to point out a couple things here. The kingdom of God, seek ye first the kingdom. And all these things and everything else will get added to you, right? So don't worry, right? And then he comes back, he said, look, the kingdom is not Eating and drinking. It's not the stuff that you're absorbing. It's not, that's not the kingdom. The kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy. Which means that if you can enter the kingdom, then you are guaranteed, because of what the kingdom is, that righteousness, peace, and joy should be your possession. Amen? So when I'm not in joy, that means I'm not in the kingdom. Or I'm not as we experience with worship today, I'm not embracing what's here. See, when you became part of the kingdom of God, when you said yes to God, you were translated out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light of his dear son. Amen? You were brought into the kingdom when you said yes to God. So when you receive redemption from Christ, you were translated out of the kingdom of darkness and put into a new kingdom. But because the kingdom is not meat and drink, it's not flesh and blood, the problem is you can't sense the kingdom you're in except by the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So where's the Holy Spirit? He's in you. See, we receive the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God comes in us, and righteousness, peace, and joy become our possession on the inside of us, which means when you're externally looking for it, you ain't going to find it. If I, ask my, my, um, if I ask my wife right now, did you see that money I put down? She can only find it if it's where she can see it. So if I never actually took it out of my pocket, 
she will never see it. Why? Because I'm asking her for something that's on me. I'm asking somebody else to verify where something is when they don't have any means to know where it is because it's not out there. It's here. So sometimes you're asking people for things to help you understand how to be happy, how to have joy, and they can't tell you because your joy is not going to come from outside. It's going to come from inside. Sometimes you're asking people, how do you think my faith walk is going? We don't use those words, but we ask that question. (laughs) How's it going? How do you think I'm doing? And you know what? Guess what? I can't answer the question. You got to answer the question. It's because the answer is on the inside. How your faith is doing is on the inside because every person's been given the measure of faith, but all of our measure has not yet been turned to God because that's the process of having your mind renewed. I'm having my mind renewed by meditation on the word. And as I'm meditating on the word, more of my mind is being turned. My faith is growing and my faith walk is following my faith on the inside. And I'm transformed and I'm transforming the world I am in. The kingdom of God is not meat nor drink. Righteousness. Righteousness means that you are in right standing with God. Righteousness means that any sin that has kept you from the presence of God no longer has the right to hold you out of the presence of God, which means when I worship, God can manifest because he's in me. Amen? (laughs) All right. What does this have to do with your journey? This has to do with your journey because it is most critical that you understand That the things of God, the kingdom, when God reveals the kingdom to you, he's revealing a kingdom on the inside of you, but it doesn't originate with you. See, the difference between the believer and the unbeliever is that the the unbeliever sometimes believe that they have everything in them because we're human beings. The believer understands I didn't have everything in me and I had to allow God to give me everything in me. And so the believer then does self-help to try to help themselves, only to find frustration because they run out of resource when they're looking inside. And the more they look inside, the more they see problems, which is why psychologists then have to help people understand what happened in your childhood that made you the way you are. Because then when they can help you find that, then you say, good, that's why my parents messed me up. I was perfect and they messed me up. When the fact of the matter, your imperfect parents were raising an imperfect child and you're all goofed up without Jesus. Amen. Amen. My father was a good guy, but he's crazy as he could be. And so was my wonderful mother. Because you know why? Until you receive Christ, you're operating on human instinct and human desire, and it's clouded by three things. It's clouded by the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. It's totally clouded by those things. So good people who love their children and love everything, they mess up with their children because the pride of their life gets in the way. Or the lust of their flesh gets in the way. And lust of the flesh is not just about sex. 
Amen. It ain't just about sex. That's what sometimes, oh, the lust of the flesh. No, that's not, that's one aspect. It's not oh, the whole. There's a whole lot of things that have to do with what your flesh wants to do. Because sometimes your flesh will make you want to talk about people. Amen. Come on. The lust of the flesh will make you want to gossip. <laughs> Amen. Come on. That's all lust of the flesh. And guess what? If you have those things, it doesn't make you bad. It makes you fleshly. It means that you're not in the kingdom in an area of your life. And if you want that area of your life to be blessed, you've got to reel it back into the kingdom so you can experience the righteousness, peace, and joy the way it ought to be. Amen? Because guarantee you, anybody who gossips on a regular basis will struggle with their own self-identity. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's reality. Why? Because if you find fault in everybody else, you will surely find your own faults. You might tell, not tell everybody your faults, but you will find them very easily. Amen? If I become a fact checker, I can find facts. <laughs> I have become good at finding facts. And if I become a fact checker, I'll find facts in your life and mine. It's the same way. If we're critical, then we will find other people's faults and we will find our own faults. Because we're trained to see them. Amen? But the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Depression is not part of the kingdom. Amen? It's not part of the kingdom. Depression is not part of the kingdom. Amen? So there's a lot of beautiful Christians who are suffering under depression. And the problem is, is that we need to get into the kingdom in order to push off the spirit of depression. Listen, David was in depression. David had a child that was born uh, out of wedlock with Bathsheba, who was the wife of one of David's soldiers. And David has an affair with this woman while the man is out fighting. And so he decides when he finds out the woman gets pregnant, he decides that he's going to conspire to kill the man so it can't be discovered that he has had an affair with the woman. So he makes this whole elaborate plan to cover his own sin, and the result is he then, when the child dies, goes into depression. <laughs> Amen. When he goes into depression, because of the things that have happened, he's totally depressed as the child, actually the child hadn't died yet, the child was sick. And they keep trying to console him, and they can't console him. And he's torn his clothes, and he's laying in ashes, and he won't come out the room, and he won't bathe, and they look, oh my God, the king is going crazy. And when the baby finally dies, they decide, man, we, he's already gone nuts. We sure can't tell him the child's died now. Nobody wants to be the one to go in and tell him that. Because why? That spirit of depression was on him. But here's what David understood that every believer needs to understand because you have a more covenant relationship than David did. You need to understand that when something happened, when it went wrong, when it all went bad, when the inevitable happened that baby died, what happened is instead of David going deeper into depression, David got up, he washed his face, he went before the Lord, and he made a confession. I won't go to the, the child won't come back to me, 
But one day I'm going to go to the child. Blessed be the name of the Lord. What happened? How did he snap out of that all of a sudden? And people were shocked. How did he just come out of that quick? Because he turned it over to the Lord. And we're told in the Bible that we should need to cast our cares onto God because he cares about us. Amen. Cast your cares, roll your cares over to the Lord. Why? Because he cares about you and there's nothing that happens in your life that you cannot bear or that will not make you stronger if you can receive it in the kingdom. Amen. Come on. (laughs) Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, say your journey will have sad days, but your journey also has you in the kingdom with joy. Amen. Come on. There's joy in the kingdom. There's joy in God's kingdom. Amen. Come on. Here's how the joy in the kingdom works. When my mother died, I was, I was really sad. It, it hurt me bad. I did not. I fought with everything I could to try to keep my mother here. And I didn't understand things that were beyond my scope of understanding. So when my mother passed, I was sad. And it was multiplied because when my mother passed, my brother had just passed a few weeks before that, unexpectedly in an accident. And so I was dealing with both of those. And in between the two, we had my brother's funeral. And I went to my brother's funeral and something came over me. What came over me was peace. And a friend of mine that works with me had attended the funeral. They said, they said, you know, I didn't know what to expect. They said, but you were smiling the whole time. I said, yeah, because I was thinking about how good God is. I was meditating on how good God is. And as I was meditating on how good God is, there was a joy that came on me. Amen. Amen. Pastor Edward did my brother's funeral and, and, and he ushered in a spirit of peace. And so we had that spirit of peace in the room. Amen. And that spirit of peace was just over that. And when my mother, her service came, why? There was a peace. There was still a sadness because physically and fleshly, there's a sadness. But there was a peace that comes from the kingdom that held me up in the middle of my sadness. (laughs) Amen. Because see, we're not talking about living in a world where nothing goes wrong, because that doesn't happen. That's rainbows and fruit loops, and, and neither one of those is what we need. Amen? Amen. We're talking about a world where things happen, go wrong in life, and the kingdom is actually what allows us to be sustained and not just suffer, but actually rise in the middle of difficult challenges. Amen. Amen. Tell your neighbor, say, I was born. Again, to be in the kingdom. Come on, come on. Come on. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. He said, I will not leave you orphans, but I'm going to come to you. What am I going to do? I'm going to send you my spirit. And when he comes with you, he will be a comforter. (laughs) Wait, come on. He will be a comforter to you. That's why we call the Holy Spirit the comforter. It's not because he lays over your bed. (laughs) Amen. 
He's a comforter because he's here to bring comfort to us in challenging times. Why? Because he brings the kingdom with him and the kingdom has righteousness, peace, and joy in his spirit. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Come on, I want y'all to understand. I told y'all we're going to preach about prosperity. This is the first stage of your prosperity. Because if you don't understand the power of your redemption and the fact that when you're in the kingdom, you have been surrounded by righteousness, right standing with God. There's nothing can separate us from the love of God. Not height, nor depth, nor angel, demon, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate me from his love. Why? Because I'm in his kingdom. There is never a kingdom where there is no king. There's republics, <laughs> and there's states, there's countries, but there's no kingdom where there is no king. And if there's a king, it means he is the supreme authority. That means he's the supreme authority. What he says is law. Whatever the king says is what is. And you may have places in the kingdom where people desire to revolt against the king <laughs> and say, we're not doing what the king says, but they can only do that for so long. <laughs> Amen. Amen. We read in Second Peter that his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and to godliness wherein are given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that we might be partakers of the divine nature. Amen. Amen. So we talked about that last week. We talked about the reality of prosperity. And I told you we're going to talk about prosperity until you can't take it no more. So are you ready to get into it? Amen. Amen. Second John, excuse me, third John 2. Why don't you turn there really quickly? But you've got to understand the kingdom if you don't understand the kingdom, nothing else I'm going to say is going to make sense. <laughs> Amen. See, you've got to embrace the reality of certain things. See, when I was a kid, I learned we had to memorize our, our uh, addition. And we had to memorize the multiplication table. Right? So we were getting taught one plus one is... Come on, y'all can join me. One plus one is? Two plus two is? Four plus four is? Eight plus eight is? Sixteen plus sixteen is? Sixteen, excuse me, thirty-two plus thirty-two is? See, y'all y'all did good in math. Amen. Amen. I didn't hear the voices go down. You know, when you get... <laughs> we had to memorize that stuff, right? You memorized it so that when you got into having to do higher level equations, you already memorize the foundation. You don't have to go, I wonder what, you got A plus B equals C, C equals five. What is A and B? You don't have to go, I wonder how, you don't have to think about the math because you can multiply because you already know the math. You know the foundations of multiplication so you can anticipate what C equals, because you know how to figure out your basics, amen? amen. So the basic is the kingdom. 
And you need to memorize the kingdom. So you tell your neighbor, say, I have memorized that righteousness, which is my right standing with God, peace, which goes beyond my understanding, and joy, which is my ability to laugh in the devil's face, is the kingdom foundation. Amen. Come on. Come on. You got right standing with God. Gee, the blood of Jesus has put you in right standing with God. The peace of God that goes beyond all understanding means I'm in the kingdom, so I'm not worried about anything. <laughs> and the joy means when the devil shows up, I can laugh in his face. <laughs> Amen. Told you about the person who was mad at me and they, they froze like a statue when I came into their presence. I laughed about it because that's a demonic influence. <laughs> so I laughed at the devil. I didn't get upset. Mm. No, I'm laughing at the devil because why? I'm in the kingdom. <laughs> if you don't speak to me, I'm still going to be in the kingdom. <laughs> if you don't like me, I'm still going to be in the kingdom. Because I don't have to deal with how you feel about me. I'm dealing with how God feels about me. But now how God feels about me then will make me love you even when you don't love me back. <laughs> Amen. I almost sang a song, but I'm not going to sing it. Amen. Okay, 3 John, verse 2, says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health just as your soul prospers. I want to bring up the definition of prosper and prosperity real quick. Prosper and prosperity. The words prosper and prosperity very simply mean that you are going to be successful. Okay? So to prosper means that you are equipped for a journey. So the Greek word that we look up will actually tell us that, that prosper means to be well-equipped for a journey or to be successful at an endeavor. So the first thing is, beloved, I would that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Even as your soul prospers. In other words, I want you to prosper. I want you to be fully engaged and able to be blessed to the same level that you're prospering in your soul, right? So we talked about that last week, that your soul has to align with the spirit in order to be successful at things, because otherwise you are warring against yourself. So we want to take it a step further, and that is, what does it mean to prosper totally? What is total prosperity? Total prosperity would very simply be God's supernatural equipping to succeed on your journey. Now, if God is giving you supernatural equipping to succeed on your power, it means that nothing on your journey is a mystery to God. Nothing on your journey in life, God has not already looked ahead and considered. Which is why God can tell you, don't worry. Because I've already looked at your journey, and everything you need is already in place. Amen. See, everything I need is in place already on this walk. It's already there. 
But I got to learn that I got to be in the kingdom and see things that other folk can't see. Amen. Because other people won't be able to tell me what God has put on the road in my journey because they can't see inside of me. (laughs) Amen. They can't see the kingdom inside. What does this mean? It means that there are areas that you want to prosper in or that you're called to prosper in that cover every area of your life. And so we're going to talk about these, and we're going to get into each of these, and I want you to really fully embrace them. But you can't embrace them until you can accept the fact that you're in the kingdom. Amen? Amen? Amen. Five areas. And you've heard versions of this, but I want you to understand. To prosper totally means that you prosper in five areas. Area number one is your covenant relationship with God. So today we had communion, and Pastor Edward talked about the covenant. Your covenant relationship with God is the very first thing. The covenant relationship that we have with God is the shedding of the blood of Jesus and the bruising of his body, which became a sealing of a contract between us and him. It became a contract in which Jesus says, I die for you, and in return, by faith you receive me. When you receive me, then what you receive is because God loves the world, God is giving you something so that I'm paying the price and you get the benefit. Amen. Amen. He said, I'm paying the price, you get the benefit. (laughs) It's about building and maintaining a covenant relationship with Father Son, and Holy Spirit. In other words, you need to know the Father. You need to understand the glory of the Lord, how, how vast God is, how, how powerful God is. You need to understand God in his fullness. In other words, you need to be able to go out and look up in the stars and say, man, my partner did that. Man, you need to be able to go to the beach and look out over there and see that, see that, that water just disappear. And you look out and you see the curve of the earth. And you look out and you say, wow, all that water. Man, my partner made all of that. My father did all that. And when you get overcome, you say, wow, this is great. You stand on a mountainside and you look out and see all the things out there. You go, wow, my father who made me his partner, he's the creator of all that. Man, that's part of my covenant relationship. But then you need to say, you know what? I don't have anything to offer to this covenant relationship. And so my partner has made it so that he sent his son to be my equalizer. (laughs) Amen. When two partners are not equal, there has to be something that equalizes them. Amen. Or you're not partners. Amen. Amen. Somebody said, I'm bringing the work. You got the money. Let's do this thing. Amen. Come on. What's that? Why? We become partners because I got something. You got something. Amen. Well, God's got everything. So what am I bringing to the picture? Jesus said, come on, listen, I'm going to make you holy and I'm going to be the firstborn so that you can be equal with us. 
Come on, if you don't understand the covenant, you don't understand what I'm telling you. If you don't understand kingdom, you don't understand what I'm telling you. Because if you, you, you understand that God's saying, I'm, tr- I'm trying to usher you into a position where you understand that when you speak, I will move. <laughs> I'm trying to usher you into a position where you understand that you can see stuff, tell me, and we will do it together. I'm trying to get you in a position where your mindset can accept. When you speak, I will do everything that's required to get you in position to walk in the fullness of the blessing. What did God do when he met Abraham? He said, guess what? I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great. (laughs) I'm going to make your name great, Abraham. Why? Because I picked you. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Listen, Jesus told his disciples this. He said, you didn't choose me. I chose you. (laughs) Amen. In other words, when I choose you, that means I have a plan. Amen. Amen. Come on. You're chosen because God chose you. God picked you. Amen. And he's picking whoever's willing to be picked. Oh, man, y'all don't y'all don't understand. But I'm telling y'all, man, I'm trying to I'm telling y'all y'all don't have we sang a song. We are invincible. This is what the cornerstone is. The cornerstone is, is that you have been made in such a way. God wants to make you partners with him. Through the blood of his son. Amen. Through the blood of his son, I'll be made partner with God. Amen. And then your relationship divinely with the Holy Spirit, which means the Holy Spirit takes what's of the fathers and declares it to you. In other words, you're not just positionally made, you're equipped as well. Amen. Your beginning of your prosperity starts with understanding that as your first thing. Because when Jesus says, seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness and everything will be asked, everything will be added to you, means that your first step has to be to embrace this reality of your redemption. To grab your redemption and say, man, being saved means something. Being saved means that it, it doesn't just mean that I'm not going to hell. Being saved means that God has embraced me. I have a partnership son-daughter relationship with God, with the creator of all things. And what I'm so impressed with is actually on my side. (laughs) Come on, what I'm impressed with is on my side. Amen. 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 Number two is kingdom relationships. Kingdom relationships become the second layer of your prosperity. The first layer of your prosperity is your redemption. The fact that you're in the kingdom. But then God says, I will now bless you through your relationships. In other words, I will bless you and make you a blessing. But when you give, it'll be given back to you. Amen. I'm going to make your name great, make you a blessing, and as you give, it will be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. We talk about that for offering, but you need to know it doesn't say when you give your offering. It says give, and it will be given back to you. Amen. Why? Operate in love, be a giver, and when you give, it will be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. Why? Because kingdom relationships, the relationships we're called to establish, they're the second level of your prosperity. And trust me, if you have good people in your life, you think you're blessed. Amen. 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 You may not meditate alone. Just listen. Okay. (laughs) If you were a business partner, 
with Bill Gates. You would say, I'm blessed. Because why? This guy's a genius. This guy's doing this. He's doing that. Guess what? And now I just do what I do. And I benefit from my relationship with him. Amen? Amen. So that's one level. When I was back in the world, I had a friend that was a bouncer in this, in this particular club. And so I go to the back door and I'd, I'd wave, him, wave him a peace sign. He, yeah, Carl, you know, you know, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, quick, 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 quick. <laughs> I'm in the door. Everybody else is in line trying to get in. I'm in the door. Why? Relationships. <laughs> when I was in school, I had one teacher that didn't like me. First day, we walked in, I looked at her, she looked at me, and we both was like, mm-mm. <laughs> My friend standing next to me, he said, man, why she look at you like that? I said, I don't know, but I don't like her. And me and her went at it the whole time, bad relationship. What happened? I went to summer school. <laughs> Your bad relationship with people in power, you're the one that's going to lose. <laughs> Amen. I ended up in summer school. Why? Because I didn't understand power dynamics, and I'm like, I don't like her. (laughs) You better like her. (laughs) She's your teacher. You're going, anyway. Why? Bad relationships bring bad results. Good relationships bring what? Good results. Results with the right people at the right time bring the right favor. Amen? Sometimes you walk in a room and you are all stressed out and worried about how things are going to go in. And then in the panel where you're walking, somebody you know is there. You go, oh, why? It's going to be all right. Why? Because I have a relationship. Kingdom relationships are critical. And if you understand kingdom relationships, you understand part of your prosperity will be determined by God working relationships in your life. And there's relationships you build, and there's relationships God supernaturally draws you into. It's called favor. (laughs) Favor of the Lord. Favor is when I don't have a reason to have a relationship with you, but for some reason I have a relationship with you. And I have the favor of the Lord on my side. Amen? Amen. I was, like I said, I I worked places where I'm not the kind of person, like I said, I'm not the kind of person who who was going around trying to have lunch with everybody. Amen. I'm just not that guy. That's not me. All right. I, 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 no, I love people and I, I do. I love people and I'm learning to spread my love. I'm, I'm learning that. But I'm not the kind of guy that goes to work and say, you know what? I got I to gotta, meet this manager over here and I got to. That's not me. That's not me. I'm not that guy. But for some reason, multiple places I've worked, for some reason, the executive of the organization knows who I am, and I get favor and get pulled into things that I shouldn't get pulled into. Why? Because I don't need to, because I have righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit in the kingdom, and because I have the kingdom, I have favor with God and with men. Amen. Come on. You need the favor of God in your life. Amen. And God wants to give you his favor on your life. Amen. Well, how do they know about you? I don't know how they know. <laughs> God whispered my name or God did something. I don't know how. They might say, who's that tall guy? I don't know how. I don't know how they know who I am. But I know this. When I need favor, God gives me favor. Because why? Because I'm a man of prosperity. I'm a prosperous person. Amen? Amen. How do you define prosperity will help you understand what God is trying to bless you with? If you think prosperity is about money and stuff, then you missed the first step. 
Seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness and everything else will get added to you. Amen. Amen. Come on. Kingdom relationships. So your covenant relationship with God is based on grace and love. The covenant relationship, the first, first thing, your covenant relationship with God is based on grace and love. God's grace and his love toward us. And over that, we have a covenant relationship that's based on the blood of Jesus, not on your behavior, not on your works. Amen? And when your covenant relationship with God is based on those things, you don't lose it. I wonder if God still loves me. Yes, he loves you because his grace is sufficient. But you don't know, I fail, I made mistakes. You're still trying to give God stuff. No, he's trying to give it to you. Covenant, love, and grace. His grace is sufficient. His grace meets us in our time of need. When we feel like, man, I, uh, you know, I, uh, a guy I knew, I had been ministering to him, and he fell, backslid, and he didn't want to see anybody. He was hiding out. So I kept calling him, and he wouldn't answer. I kept calling him, he wouldn't answer. I kept calling him, and then I ran into him in the store one day. And he was trying to dodge. He was trying, he was trying to hide behind the, the shelves. But I caught him. I snuck up. I saw him, and I went around the other side. I, I came up on the other side on him. He lost sight of me, and I got him. And I hugged him. I said, good to see you, man. And we, we parted ways. And a while back, a little while later, I ran to him again. He said, you know what? He said, when I saw you, he said, I knew you knew what happened to me. He said, but you treated me like you love me. Amen. I said, because I do. Because <laughs> I actually do love you. Why do I have to treat you bad? Because you made a mistake. <laughs> why, do I have to, why do I have to condemn you? You're already living under conde- condemnation. You're, you're, already fe- you're living with it already. Why well, I got to could add on to the pile? <laughs> Amen. Because if the Holy Spirit doesn't tell you you're wrong in what you're doing, my voice ain't going to do nothing. (laughs) So I got to love on you. And you know what I believe about God? I believe God loves us so much that when we're in the wrong place, he brings the conviction on us and draws us into his love. Amen. Amen. Jesus is not hanging on the cross telling the two guys on the side of him, he said, use a dirty sinner and use a dirty sinner too. <laughs> Did Jesus do that? No. no. They started talking and their hearts were revealed. What happened? Because this man, he didn't do anything. <sighs> the condemnation came on him. The other man, he's in pride. He can't feel the condemnation. No, save us. If you somebody, you need to say, What? I'm telling you, I'm telling you that kingdom relationships are based on giving and receiving and our covenant relationship with God is based on love and grace. And so the first step of my prosperity is fully experiencing the grace and the love of God. Because when I experience the grace and the love of God, there's a peace that goes beyond all understanding that covers, guards my heart and my mind. My peace is so valuable that, praise the Lord, when I get blessed with all the other things get added to me, I won't be crazy as a June bug. (laughs) Amen. I won't be nuts when blessing of physical things come upon me because physical stuff, especially money, it doesn't help you. It manifests who you are. 
Tell you something. I'm telling you, I told you. I, I, one, I, one, I wanted to be rich so bad when I was young. And then all of a sudden, I, got, I gave my life to the Lord. And I looked back. I said, man, I'm glad. I know why God didn't let me be rich. I know. Oh, man. I, oh, man. I know why God did not allow me in that window and season of time to be wealthy. Because I would have set the whole world on fire. I'm not kidding. <laughs> Tell you, I would, if I had just money to burn... I would have burned some stuff. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But praise the Lord, instead, God gave me the kingdom yes. and the righteousness and peace and joy. They set in in my life. And, 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 and I can say right now, man, I've had a blessed life. Woo, yes. man. And I expect nothing but blessing going the rest of the way. Yes. Amen. We've been through all kind of stuff. But guess what? We've been blessed through it all. Amen. We face death. We've been blessed. Amen. We bless disease. We've been faced with disease. We've been blessed. Come on. We've been we've been faced with challenge, financial challenge, crisis. We've faced everything, but we've been blessed all the way through it. Why? Because in the middle of it all, we always had the favor of God on our lives. We always had the favor of God on our lives, man. We had the favor that, that favor of God. And while other people were crumbling, we were standing. Woo, praise God. Praise God. We stood through all kinds of stuff, not because we're better than anybody else, smarter than anybody else, or got anything else besides the kingdom. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Woo, come on. Why? Because we prosper and are in health even as our soul is prospering. Amen. Amen. Kingdom, first thing of your prosperity is your covenant relationship with God. That's the first element. The second element of your prosperity is your relationships, your kingdom, oikos relationships. There are people in your life God supernaturally has put around you. And it's your job to discern who they are. <laughs> Amen. There's a guy that was in my life. He was so harsh on me. I, I really did not like that guy. He was so harsh on me. So harsh. He was one of the best guys I ever put in my life because he taught me that I could do stuff I didn't believe I could do because his harshness pushed me. Amen. So when I didn't want to like him, he was actually set in my life. Yes. Amen. For a purpose. The people are set in your life for a purpose. And sometimes you look at them, you don't like them because you're mad because they, they're demanding and they're pushy and you feel like they're always trying to get, get you know, no, they're there to help you. They're he <laughs> I'm sorry, I wish y'all was here and could see what I see out there. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All these, all these wives rubbing their they husband's shoulder. <laughs> hey, and trust me, it ain't just one either. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Woo, Jesus, thank you for the oikos. Hallelujah. Who God put in my life. Amen. Just bless me and strengthen me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hallelujah. Number three is gifting from God. The next level of your prosperity is your gifts. See, see God blesses you in terms. God works by seed time and harvest. In other words, when God created the world, he created a world to operate in cycles, right? 
It's designed to operate in cycles. In other words, there's seed, there's a, there's a germination period for a seed, there's the care of the seed, and then there's the seed transforming from a seed into a plant. The plant grows, the plant comes to fullness, the plant produces fruit, which is equivalent to the seed that it is. <laughs> Except it doesn't create one seed, it creates many seeds. And so that's what God works. He works seed time, there's a time for seed, and there's a time for harvest. In other words, when seeds become fully mature and they go through their full cycle, there's a harvest. Your gifts are that way. Every gift you have from God is a seed, and that seed goes through a process. And there's going to be a time, if you care for the seed, it will come to harvest. But the problem for most believers is that we believe that God is a God of magic, and that we want God to take a seed and make a seed become a tree tomorrow. And it doesn't work that way because that's not how God designed it. Amen? God designed you to have to operate in faith and patience to see something all the way through. So your gifts eventually will make room for you if you don't snuff out the seed. Come on. If you don't snuff out the seed, your gift will make room for you. Why? Because God chooses to prosper us by our gifts. I'll give you an example. One of the examples scripturally is Moses. Moses was trained and gifted as a leader, except Moses found himself with his seed being squashed out by trying to lead in his own strength. <laughs> Amen. Moses saw God's people and said, I see somebody beating one of my Hebrew brothers. And so I'm going to take this in my own hands. Commits murder. Didn't kill one, but two guys. <laughs> so he's trying to take his leadership and use his leadership by violence to lead people. Except that's not God's choice. So he almost snuffed out the seed. So God said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take you out into the wilderness because the seed that I have in you is so big that it's going to take 40 years for it to grow. <laughs> I'm on, this seed is so big. You don't realize it, Moses. You're trying to help one Hebrew. I'm trying to get you to lead millions of Hebrews. And so it's going to take longer for this seed. And since you tried to snuff it out on your own. Now I got to make it longer for this seed to grow so that you can eventually do what I've called you to do. And you're going to think you're too old to do it and you ain't going to be too old because God don't do geriatrics. <laughs> God, don't, God don't retire people. God don't shut you down because you hit a certain age. That's, that's, that's the United States of America. Social, do you know Social Security don't exist in Europe? <laughs> Amen. There ain't no Social Security in Europe. That's something we made right here to put a number on a date when you're supposed to retire. And we made a system that said your life is going to be easy now that you can now retire. Except we all know that's a lie. <laughs> God doesn't design, you can't find nowhere in the Bible, God said, you're too old, sit down. As a matter of fact, God said, you're old enough now to have a baby. <laughs> come on, come on, Abraham. <laughs> come on, Abraham, it's time for you to do something here. Amen. <laughs> come on, Moses, you're 80 years old, it's time to lead the people of God. <laughs> Amen. 
Joshua, you've been hanging with Moses for 40 years and now you 80 like he was. Now you take the people into the promised land. <laughs> and that guy that was with you, Caleb, the only two of you that believe, guess what? When you get there, he's 80, but send him out to go fight for his stuff. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Tell you how the world system was. I dropped out of college. I went to the Marine Corps. I came out and I was living life. And I said, man, I'm 24 years old. I'm too old to go back to college. Man, my, my window has passed me. I was 24 year old talking that, talking that foolishness. Oh, I'm too old, man. I'm so far behind. Oh, oh, Lord. Guess what? The devil don't care how old you are. He'll tell you a lie when you're young and he'll tell you one when you're old. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> he'll tell you a lie when you're young and when you're old. And every, every minute he can in between. Amen. But you got to know that your prosperity is not based on time. It's based on your relationship with God, the people who God puts in your life and the gifts he puts in your life. And the gifts that you have in your life will supernaturally bless your life if you will let your gifts do what they're supposed to do. If you release your gifts and let your gifts do everything that they're supposed to do, then guess what? God will do awesome, mighty things through your life. And mighty things don't always come in the package of what you like to make them look like. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Gifts from God are based on the anointing, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. In other words, when the Spirit comes upon you, he empowers you with power you didn't have before. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm going to close with these last couple of things. I want to get these to you. We're gonna take, we're gonna dr I'm going to drill these deeper, but I want you to really, because I want you to receive them. You've got to get this stuff. Because the world system is shaping itself for its own manifestation. And the only way the kingdom is going to be manifested is the people of God understand you're not bound by that system. Amen. You got you to understand you're not bound by that system, that you have another system to use. And sometimes we feel like we don't have choices in life. I tell people all the time, you got choices. I was doing career counseling with this guy. He'd been working in the same job, and he hates the job. He's become a bitter person. He's sitting in the same chair. He's been sitting doing the same job a long time, and he wants out, and he can't get out. And he's so mad, and he's, I'm sitting there talking to him, and he said, he said man, I said, nobody gives me a chance. and nobody I said, I said, well, why don't you leave? He said, because I only work three miles from here. I don't want to leave this job. I said, then you need to stop complaining. <laughs> you have a choice, but you like something better. You like being closer to your house than you like your job. So then shut up. Enjoy your job and enjoy the fact that you can get home in six minutes while I'm commuting an hour home. I ain't got no mercy on you, brother. <laughs> I'm driving an hour to get to work and you work three miles away and you mad? You better get happy and be glad you can get home to your family quick. <laughs> now if you want to drive an hour like I drive an hour then you can have whatever you want you please <laughs> in other words you have a choice you may not like the options but you have choice amen if you don't like the options you still got choice you can make a choice amen and you got to choose to enter the kingdom you got to choose to walk with God you got to make a choice what you're going to do with what God has provided amen Come on, come on, come on, come on. Next, four. Number four is being made whole. Sozo, being made whole. The next level of your prosperity is being made whole. Being made whole. Some people asked Jesus to do something for them. He said, wilt thou be made whole? 
Being whole doesn't mean that you don't have any aches or pains. Being whole means that you're complete. Will you be made complete? See, the Bible tells us that, that Isaac, excuse me, Jacob, one night has a wrestling match with an angel. And in the evening, him and the angel are wrestling and they're fighting and he's, he's all night, they're fighting. And so when the sun is coming up, he says to the angel, well, the angel says, let me go. Sun is coming. He said, I won't let you go. He said, I won't let you go until you bless me. Now, here's the important part. I won't let you go until you bless me. But this is the blessing he got. He reached into his thigh, popped it out, and left him with a limp. He said, and you're now your name is Israel, your prince with God. In other words, yeah, he got a blessing, but he also got a physical challenge to remember it by. <laughs> Amen. And so his case, the physical challenge was remember, it's not by your might or by your power, but by my spirit, I'm going to do things. Amen. Sometimes we have physical challenges and we think the physical challenge is there, a curse. Sometimes the physical challenge is there for you to remember. It's not by my strength. It's by God's power that he's doing stuff. And you can be made whole even when something's not right. Mm, come on. You can be made whole. What does it mean? It means you can be delivered and you can be free because being made whole represents freedom. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Listen, I'm one of those people. I got stuff that bothers me, but guess what? I'm free, so it don't, it don't, I don't trip off of it. Amen? <laughs> I, got things that, I got physical things that bother me, but I don't trip off them because I'm free, because I'm a prosperous person. I'm not bound by that. I've been made whole. Come on, tell your neighbor, say, be made whole, baby. Come on, be made whole. Receive it, receive it. Deliverance, freedom, peace. Hallelujah. Last thing is kingdom supply. God supplies all of our need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Your last part of your prosperity is your kingdom supply. It's what God supplies and provides for you. But like all other things, you have to receive those things by faith. Because faith is the substance of things you hope for and it's the evidence of things you can't see. And when you can't see where your prosperities come from, it requires you to walk by faith and not by sight and recognize that when I need to step there, it will be there. Amen. Amen. When I need to step there, it will be there. Praise the Lord. Listen, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something about this church. We've had different things happen, ups, downs, all kinds of different things. But let me tell you one thing for sure and how I know for sure God is God. I have never from day one, other than my own personal tithe or offering, had to put one dime into this work. Not one time. Not one time. And it made a difference whether we've been up, down, otherwise. Not one time have I ever had to say, God, uh, what are we going to, I've never had to say it. You know why? Because whenever I know, whenever I step, God was going to be there. Amen? Whenever I step, God is going to be there. Amen? Whenever I step, God is going to be there. And when it comes time for us to take whatever next step, I'm not going to evaluate it by what we have. I'm going to evaluate, did God say do it? If he said do it, we're going to step and we're going to see it. Why? Because God is not 
deficit of supply. And because I'm in the kingdom, I believe that whatever the king requires, the king has also made provision for. Amen. Whatever the king requires, he's made provision for. Why? Because that's how God works. Amen. Come on. Come on. Listen. I'm going to read two things to you and we're going to close. Now, now, last thing about that. Being made whole is based on freedom. And kingdom supply is based on access. It's based on access. And we're going to drill deeper into these, but I want you to get these. Okay? Last thing. Matthew 6, 24 says this. No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. In other words, you can't serve two things. So you've got to make a choice which one you're going to serve. So unfortunately, if you choose to serve mammon, then you pursue mammon and all you get is mammon. <laughs> when you pursue mammon, all you get is mammon's promise. And if you attain mammon, all you have is mammon. But if you pursue the kingdom and his righteousness, then you get both the kingdom and you get everything else added to you. Amen? Now, you have to believe in the kingdom in order to pursue the kingdom. Amen? Because you pursue what you believe. Amen? If I tell you God is standing right outside that curtain, he got everything you need. If you believe it, you'll go out there. If you don't believe me, you say, okay, pastor, I'm going to check that out in a minute. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) I want you to understand. I just want you all to meditate on this. Meditate on this. Listen to this. Joshua 24. You don't have to go there. Just listen close. Joshua 24, verse 15. I'm going to actually go, I'm going to read verse 14. It says now, Joshua 24, verse 14 and 15. Write that down and you can look at this up later. It says, now therefore fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. In other words, Joshua is telling the people, he said, we've arrived in the promised land. And here we are. We're right here where God wants us to be. Now, God wants to give us everything else that's here. But you're going to have to make a choice today. You got to make a choice. You're going to have to think about this. Because if you love one and you hate the other, in other words, if you pursue stuff, the same stuff that your father's pursued, you're going to get what your father's got. <laughs> Your father's got you into slavery. You had to be delivered. (laughs) Amen. So if you choose to pursue that, then you can do that. (laughs) Verse 25 says, if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, then choose for yourselves. This day, who are you going to serve? See, I'm telling you this because as we begin pursuing the kingdom, as you take your journey toward the kingdom, deeper into the kingdom, you're going to be faced all the time with choices you've got to make. And you're going to be on the road and God and mammon are both going to make you offers and you have to choose which one you're going to serve. Every time you're going to choose, you're going to get mad about something and you're going to want to choose anger. He says, no, choose the kingdom. You're going, you're, going to, you're going to put your energy into things and you're going to say, man, God, I hear you saying this, but I think I should do that. You're going to be faced with a choice. And it's today where you got to choose. See, the decision you make tomorrow doesn't make a difference. 
It's only to choose what you choose right now that makes a difference. The choice I make today is going to author which choices I even can make tomorrow. But I got to choose today who I'm going to serve. Who are you going to serve today? Hallelujah. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. And then he makes a confession. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. In other words, he said, he said you, can sue, you can do whatever you want to do. He said, I'm your leader, but you can do whatever you please. But as for me, I'm just letting you know we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to serve the Lord because we've already understood that his presence is with us. We've understood that he surrounded us with the people of God to help us in our situations. We're serving him because we know he's already poured out by the Holy Spirit gifts and talents in us to do all kinds of things. We are going to serve him because we already know that he's caring for us and making us whole. We're going to serve him because we know he's got supernatural supply. He's going to supply every, all of our need according to his riches and glory. It's a no-brainer who we're going to choose. But every day we got to choose. <laughs> every, just because you chose a few years ago don't mean you're still choosing today. Every day you got to choose. Amen? Choose this day who you're going to serve. Your worship today indicated that you're making the choice. But I want you to receive this because we want you to be able to receive it in the fullness. I want you to be able to receive it in such a way that you have a thought about yourself that, man, God can use me at any moment. God can do things to me at any time. God can help people through me. God can bless people through me. I can start businesses because God wants me to help employ people or God wants me to bring a solution into the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hallelujah. When my body's aching, I can get up, rise up and walk. Woo! Hallelujah. Tracy was prophesying today. Rise up and walk. Rise up and walk. Rise up and walk. Why? Because the enemy wants you down, but you're going to have to say to yourself, I'm going to rise up and walk. Why? Because God said he's sozoing me. He's making me whole. So I'm going to rise up and walk. I'm not going to let fear cheat me out of things. I'm not going to fear cheat me out of going places I need to go, doing things I need to do, or actually requesting the favor that God says he's going to give to me. Amen. Amen. I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to be afraid that when God tells me to be a fisher of men, that the people who I talk to don't want to hear my voice. Actually, they want to hear what I have to say. Why? Because I'm a fisher of men. <laughs> they want to hear what I got to say. Praise the Lord. Pastor Edgar was on Facebook. The guy was an atheist. He, made a, he, made a, he was asking a question, but it wasn't a question. It was actually a statement. He was, at, he was posing it as a question, but I could hear clearly he was making a statement. And he made a statement. And so Edgar went fishing. Pastor Edgar put the pole out there. He's an atheist. He said, hey, I know another atheist. You should talk to this atheist. You should talk to him. He, he's a, this atheist is now a pastor. You should talk to him. He's like, he's like no, no, I want to, you know. And so he tagged me in it, so I, so I jumped in. And guess what? Now we're fishing. Now we're fishing. And so he just, he put his phone number up there. I said, oh, okay. We got, we got a nibble. Hmm. We got a nibble. Hmm. But guess what? I'm not going to try to overwhelm that man. 
I sent a message when you want to talk. Give me a call. Why? Because we fishing. And any good fisherman knows just because you got a nipple don't mean you're supposed to yank it in. <laughs> yank him in. <laughs> no, no. Be a wise fisherman. No, it's out there. Is, it, is, this the, is this what he likes? Is this what he needs? We'll give him what he needs and then be up to him. Because when God takes you fishing, the fish jump in the boat. <laughs> the fish choose to jump in the boat. They make a choice to get in the boat. <laughs> Amen. They ain't getting in the boat saying, oh, man, <laughs> they got me. No, no, they jump in the boat. <laughs> Amen. So praise the Lord. That's what kind of fisherman you're being made to be. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this day. I thank you for leading us and guiding us into the fullness of prosperity. I thank you that your people are going to prosper in such a way. The kingdom is going to be established. We thank you that we're not considering. Thank you for listening to today's message, Who Will You Serve? from our series titled The Journey. For more information about us here at Abundant Life Worship Center, we want you to feel free to check out our website at AbundantLifeWorship.net. On our site, you're going to find more information about us, our church events calendars, and great things that we're doing here at Abundant Life Worship Center. And once again, you can find us at AbundantLifeWorship.net. You can also find us on our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash AbundantLifeWorship.net. Thank you again for listening and God bless. We look forward to seeing you on our next podcast. Until then, remember that Jesus came to give you life and that more abundantly.